It's Jake, your host of Bears Nation Podcast, here to talk to you about Manscaped, new sponsor. You know, who amongst us who has not been trimming, you know, below the belt, down where it matters, and you kind of nick yourself or you got some tugging and you think, all right, we need a better razor here. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. This third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin-safe technology. Guys, you're going to be feeling awesome after this. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery lasts up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave, take all the time you need to get all those nooks and crannies. It's also waterproof, so if you just prefer to go in the shower and trim, go for it. That's what the waterproof is for. But one of the coolest features is the LED light. It shows you what you're doing, where you're doing it, and you can get a closer, tighter shave. They've also upgraded the trimmer to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget the charging stand. It's sleek and it's USB convenient, so you can charge at any time without any hassle. If you're listening to me speak right now, which you are because it's the Bears Nation podcast, I want you to experience it firsthand yourself. So time to get trimming. Get 20% off and free shipping with code SHI, C-H-I, at checkout at manscaped.com. You're going to thank me later. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on. Baby, don't you want to go? Well, come on. Baby, don't you want to go? Back to the same old place. Sweet home, Chicago. All right, welcome everybody back to Bears Nation Podcast. We're recording this episode right after a Bears victory on Sunday. Bears rally again, 3-0. and The Bears are undefeated after a victory against the Falcons. Chris, I know we can't really contain our emotions. This is another incredible comeback win for the second time this year. And let's just say this, no matter what we talk about throughout the course of this podcast, the Bears are 3-0, and baby, and that's what you got to be happy about. Listen, at the end of the day, we've you know we our last show our last episode was called 2 and 0 is 2 and 0 mm-hmm. well 3 and 0 is 3 and 0 all you can do is keep winning that's it style points don't matter they really don't and and look i know i know a lot of bears fans are not going to be completely satisfied and they have that that right um but at the end of the day i mean you just got to take the wins man especially in a year like this you just got to be happy with the wins yeah, of course you got to be happy with the wins. I mean, you look at the Vikings, 0-3. The Eagles, 0-2-1. There are plenty of teams around the NFC who would give anything to be 3-0 and regardless of the way they got there. You know what I mean? You ask, you ask a Vikings fan right now, well, would you want to be 3-0 and if it meant that your quarterback situation switched and you came back from – no question. They would obviously take being 3-0. Like you said, the style points don't matter, but let's talk about it. Um, it, it happened. It finally happened. You know, Mitch Trubisky struggles a little bit in the first half, and Nick Foles comes in in the third quarter and didn't look great in the third quarter, but in the fourth quarter, 20 points scored, three touchdowns pretty much almost like a carbon copy of the Lions game, it seemed like, that same exact situation where the Bears are just unbelievably resilient, defense makes plays, and they come back again in the fourth quarter for an absolutely unbelievable victory. But, Chris, just, you know, I have a lot to say about it. I know you do too, but I just want your initial thoughts of the situation and the decision to replace Mitch Trubisky with Nick Foles there in the third quarter. 
Yeah, you know, it, it's tough. Like something like that is just so significant. Like, like it's it's especially when it happens in you know in the game like in the middle of a game like that. But um, you know, I think everybody was kind of. Um, you know, I, I don't think it was too shocking, honestly. I know me, you, you know, me, you, and Jake had uh, had a little conversation, you know, through text. But, you know, I think it just had to be done. Um, you know, it's not it wasn't ideal. That's not the way you want to bench a quarterback. That's you don't want to, you know, kill morale like that. But I mean, he Nagy felt like the switch was needed, and he made the switch, and I mean, it worked out. So, like, how can you, at the end of the day, um, you know, give him shit for it? Yeah, and that's my thing. It's like, obviously, you know, we were texting and I was critical of the decision. I was because at the time, it, it to me at the time didn't feel warranted because I know he threw the interception and it was a bad interception. I know he missed the throw to Anthony Miller, but it was like, okay, this dude leads you to two wins. You're 2-0. It's not like you're 0-2. Um, and sure, he, he wasn't like we, we all said he was playing better. He wasn't the greatest quarterback for those two games, but he was playing better. And yeah, he comes out a little slow. So at, at the moment of time when the decision was made, I was actually very upset because I feel like it wasn't deserving. And, you know, for the first 10 minutes of it, I was like feeling like, okay, what are we doing this for? Because that, that third quarter was awful. Like nothing was different with that offense in the third quarter. And I was getting really worried because I was like, okay, you bring in Foles, nothing changes. Where do you go from here? And luckily, things change in the fourth quarter. But it was just, I mean, so do you feel that the decision was completely warranted based off of what Mitch Trubisky had done in the first two games and even a little bit of what he did in the Falcons game? Just did you think that decision was warranted? Um, I think so. I, I think so. Because here's the thing. Um, I think it was Earl Bennett, former Bears receiver yeah. Earl Bennett. Um, he tweeted out. He said, if you pull your quarterback in a situation like that, you never had confidence in him to begin with. And I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm really starting to think that's actually the case. Um, because, like, I, I know, like, the fact that, like, the fact that you reacted the way you did, uh, like, and, you know, we went back and forth, obviously, in our, in our text. But the way you reacted, I think, kind of, kind of really says it all like a lot of people were shocked you know even though there was a lot of people that wanted that switch to happen but you know what I mean like it, it's just it really felt like to answer the question I don't know if it was warranted completely because it's like I feel like you know there is that argument that they kind of just gave up on Mitch a little too quick but at the end of the day it's like I mean Foles won you the game so how right. can you really say it wasn't warranted you know um but yeah like you I, I you know just I keep going back to our text, like back and forth, but you know, I, I said like, this might be the spark they need. Yeah. And it was, and that's why I say like, it, it didn't feel that way initially though. And that's what was weird to me is because, you know, I think people thought that like it was going to be a really immediate spark. Like, okay, the moment Nick Foles comes in, it's going to look like a completely different offense, a completely different offense. And it, it that was not the case. It only, started really kind of looking different in the fourth quarter and I wouldn't argue that it looked that different it was just they were throwing the ball down field more and actually completing the passes but it's just you know I mean we've seen Mitch come back from that before like very recently so I'm not like the, the, you're right and this is where I have trouble with this situation because you can't argue you simply cannot argue against it because Nick Foles did win you the game he came back and he won you the game they brought him in to you know, do his duty and come back and get your team to 3-0. And he did that. And there is no argument against that. You cannot 
hit, hit on Foles for that. And, you know, it's just – it's uh, Foles is going to be the quarterback from now on. Let, let, let's go there because, obviously, after the game, Matt Nagy actually comes out and says he doesn't know who the starter is going to be. He didn't openly say it was going to be Foles. He didn't openly say uh, Mitch would come back and be the starter. But – I mean, it's got to be Foles going forward, right? Like, you, I don't, I don't see a scenario where you could possibly go back to Mitch here in this particular moment. Oh no, no, no! There's no listen. That report, I, I quote tweeted it, but that report about Nagy not knowing who the quarterback is next week is BS. Uh, there, there's no, no chance Mitch starts next week. Zero chance, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean. It would be it would be interesting, and it would really kind of I, I think so. The thing that I was most worried about when they put in Nick Foles was, you know, again it, it, for me, no matter what happened, I still don't think it was the right moment, and I will stand by that. I, I really will stand by that. I think if you were going to make the decision, you would do it at the end of the game, clean slate, figure it out, talk about it, and then start him next game. And I still think that may have been the better way to do it. And again, there's no way to look back on it and decide whether that would have been the right decision because the game ended out the way it did. Who knows if Mitch would have done the same thing. We don't know that and we will never will. But what I was worried about was, you know, though sometimes like there, there's two ways, there's two things that could happen. That kind of that kind of decision can break a team sometimes. It really can. You know, you, you make that decision in game and for the majority of that third quarter, I was like th this is going to be a decision that could haunt us because the team did not look better. The team did not look ready to play still. They didn't have any fire like they did in the first half. Nothing changed. And then where do you go from there? But it was different in the fourth quarter. The guys were, they had some fire under them. They looked like they actually wanted to play the game of football. They actually were playing well and looked motivated to play. So I don't know if that was because Foles was in there or if they were just simply producing, but I want to ask you because people keep asking me this. They say, you know, was Foles the reason that the team looked more motivated in the fourth quarter? And I want to know your thoughts on that. Cause I don't, I don't know if I really agree with that, but I want to know what you think of that statement. It's tough, man. It's tough just because it's such a small sample size. Um, you know, look, Foles had that, that um, interception uh, in the end zone that just got ripped out of Allen Robinson's hands. I mean, if that ball doesn't get ripped out of, Allen Robinson's hands, True. that's a touchdown. Um, Anthony Miller drops the, that uh, touchdown earlier um, in the second half. Also a missed opportunity. So it's like, I mean, he was putting the balls right there. Like, I, I, you know, you can argue that the receivers started playing well when Foles got in. And, you know, you like, I feel like that's a hill you can die on just because it is such a small sample size. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I, I really do think the offense was moving better, man. Like, it, it, they're, they're – Looked like there was some stability that I did not see with Mitch. And I'm going to be completely honest with that. But again, the thing that I look at is like consistency. Like, again, if, if it were that big of a difference, he would have come in and made that turn that switch immediately, flip that switch immediately. Like, and that didn't happen. And it's like, okay, well, that's the same thing that's happened with Mitch this season, right? Is he comes in for one quarter, he's not very good. And then boom, fourth quarter is totally different. They look like a totally different offense. And like, I look at that fourth quarter. And uh, in that game, and then the fourth quarter against the Lions, and I'm like, that's like the same exact thing. Like, there was nothing that Foles did in that quarter that Mitch couldn't do, and maybe there was nothing that Mitch did in the game against the Lions that Foles couldn't do. And I think you can look at it both ways, but it's just, 
you know, people, people are, are all coming out and saying, oh, my God, the offense is completely different. We actually have a chance to win the Super Bowl. Like, co- totally different. Oh, my God, let's crown Nick Foles. Let's crown Matt Nagy. Let's give him uh, a trophy. That, I, I'm, I'm sorry. That's just not the case. I just can't see it that way yet because, again, the word that has played throughout the Bears for their whole season for really the last few years is just consistency. And, it, and we didn't even see consistency in the second half. I love that we got the win. I love that we came back. But I think it's a little bit too early to say that although Nick Foles is in there, the offense is completely different. I mean, is that a fair point? I mean, here's the thing. Like, that last throw to Anthony Miller, do you think Mitch makes that throw? I mean, he made that throw week right. one. He, he, he made was, that throw he, week one. Dude, but the, right I mean, with a defender basically right in his face, just I know. That's you know, a hell head of a first throw. into his chest. Maybe he doesn't. Like, I don't know, man. I, yeah, it's I it's know. a it's a that's a that's a big boy throw. Like I don't think like like just just that one play is like you know I feel like it's encouraging, man. Like honestly, like that he stood in there, took an absolute mauling by the defensive lineman, and just put it right on the money. Like it, it's when you see stuff like that, and, and let's be honest, we we haven't seen stuff like that from a Bears quarterback in a while. Like it's hard to not be you know encouraged by it and like here's my question for you I mean you would you start false next week I I mean I think you have to I mean you have to now start like you don't have a decision unfortunately like I you know I'm a Mitch guy and like if 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 they think Foles is the better quarterback like I can't argue with that if that's the way if Matt Nagy truly feels his offense is going to be better with Nick Foles and it's clearly why you made the decision, then so be it. I can't argue with that. And again, the results, like the results were kind of there in the fourth quarter and you can't argue with that either, but it's just like, uh, I'm, I'm just so stuck in this situation because I'm still worried that we're not going to be able to see this from Nick Foles for the next 12 weeks. I guess I can't look at it that way because there's still so much time left. I'm just going based off what we've seen from Nick Foles and throughout his career, he hasn't been able to keep up this type of uh, performance for the remainder of a season. So I don't know. I mean, you, you have to start Foles. You don't have a choice there, but like, like then you get into this huge issue again. What if Foles starts to throw an interception? Then like, what if Foles has a bad game? Then where do you go from there? Do you throw it back to Mitch? You ride with Foles and like, I'm so afraid of that scenario. And I know like that's looking forward and imagining things that may not even happen, but like you cannot be haunted by that scenario. Right. Yeah. I mean, but here's the thing though, like, cause who are you loyal to? You like, who to are do? you loyal to? I mean, not like this, not saying this is about loyalty, but like both have proven that they have the ability to win your team a football game. Right. I think that can be said no matter how the way they played, they both have the ability to win a football game. So let's say full starts playing poorly. Like you have the sample size of two games for Mitch, one game for Foles. Let's say Foles comes out with a dud next week. Like where do you go from there? Like how do you measure who gets to be the next quarterback? Sorry. What, what do you want to say? Man, like it, it's hard, man. It's so hard with this situation. And this is why the whole offseason we were talking about, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. And it's yeah. like, it's just going to be a headache all year long. But here's the thing. Like, I mean, are you supposed to not make that change because to, you want to avoid the headache? Like, you know what right. I mean? That's like, a, yes. I, like I, I don't think, I don't think, screw loyalty, man. I, no, I don't yeah, think I the Bears should be loyal to either of these guys. Like, I just think they got to play it by ear, honestly. It's really all you can do. And, and you know, the whole like, yeah, if, if both plays bad then 
I mean, throw Mitch back in there. Like, what else could you really do, you know? Like, I just feel like this was going to happen sooner or later. And, you know, we know what these QBs – we know who these QBs are. They, they just are what they are. Um, so, I mean, I think you roll with Foles for now. Um, if he starts thinking it up, then, hey, Mitch, <laughs> I mean, get ready, man. Like, oh you need – you, like you got to combine for for some decent QB play if one guy can't give it to you. That's how I'm seeing it, honestly. And that might just be the reality that we have to face. And it's it's unorthodox, but it might just be the way it is. I mean, a lot of things seem unorthodox for the Bears right now. Let me read you Jake Hassan's official statement about the decision. He was not able to make us today. He uh, make it with us today. He has work, but he wanted to say this: I was right, and I will accept my validation in the coming days. Hate to see it end this way for Mitch, but you're 3-0, and if you're a fan, you just got to throw all in with Nick. A win is a win. F it, we ball. So that's uh, the official statement from Jake Hassan, who in the offseason clamored for Nick Foles to be the starter day one. Nick Foles now appears he is going to be the starter in week four, so he wants his validation. Uh, okay, Jake, maybe I'm not 100% ready to say you're right, because I was right that Mitch would be the starter week one. Okay, I was right about that. Now, Nick Foles is in there. We'll see what happens next, but that's uh, Jake Hassan's statement, so he'll be with us more later in the week to talk about that. But, um, you know, my, just w- this is going to be talked about every episode now. I mean, it, it's inevitable, but what I want to say for the end of this one is, like, you're right. As much as I wanted Mitch Trubisky to be the starter, like, at the end of the day, we're Bears fans. We want to see the Bears win, and if that means Nick Foles is the quarterback, I'm not going to sit here and root for the Bears to lose just so I'm right about Mitch Trubisky. That's not what I'm going to do. That is absolutely not what I'm going to do. That's what nobody should be doing. You, Before you're a fan of a quarterback, you're a fan of the team. And if Nagy, if it's truly in Nagy's heart that Foles is the better quarterback for this system, which I unfortunately think is the case for Nagy, if it's truly in the best interest of the team, like I can't argue against that anymore going forward unless Foles really starts to play poorly. So at this given moment, on, on September 27th, if Foles is the guy, Foles is the guy. And I'm going to cheer just as much for him as I would for, for Mitch Trubisky. So what, I don't know if you have any final thoughts on that, but that, that's my final take on this situation for now. Yeah, I mean, look, all you can do is really – you just got to support – whoever's under center. Um, that's really the only way to look at it. I don't think you should be picking sides here if you're a Bears fan. It just doesn't really make sense. I mean, we've dealt with poor QB play for so long. Um, I think collectively we just need to get behind whoever's under center, man. Like, it doesn't matter who it is. If it's Foles, you know, we ride with Foles. If it's Mitch, we ride with, with Mitch. I, I think, you know, you just can't be a fan and, and, and have blind loyalty to one or the other. Yeah, so we've, we've talked enough about the quarterback situation. I know we'll talk about it more in the coming days. But let's talk about more about this game because there were some negative things. There were some positive things. But the first thing I want to say is Al Robinson is back. I, I predicted him to have a big game. He's officially back. One hell of a touchdown catch and run uh, there in the fourth quarter. 123 yards receiving. Great day for Allen Robinson. Anthony Miller, your guy, also comes back despite the drop in the uh, fourth quarter as well. Comes back and makes a, a terrific play. Ended up being a game-winning touchdown. The receivers ended up looking good at the end of the day. What do you have to say about those guys stepping up after a tough week last week? Um, I, I just spent um, you know, my entire time after the game hyping the Bears up. So here's honesty hour. Anthony Miller... He just can't 
put it all together. It's yep. it's odd. It's super weird. And I know he caught the game winning touchdown. Great. Um, he did it in week one. Great. But I mean, like the guy has so many, he's always open. He is always open. And, and we give him credit for that. You know, that's the hard part. He has the hard part down. But when it comes to just actually making the catch, like you got to clean that up, man. Anthony Miller could be a force to be reckoned with if he just concentrates. Like it just seems like concentration drops more than anything with him. Um, if he fixes that, I think he could be a world beater. But we've been talking about that for three years now. Um, and, and, you know, he just hasn't turned that corner. So hopefully he continues to progress. Um, hopefully he falls with the guy that can get the best out of him. Um, and then now Allen Robinson. I was absolutely enraged when Darquez Zenard came down with that interception because, I mean, two straight weeks, Allen Robinson cannot let that happen. He just can't let that happen. Um, so when it comes to those 50-50 jump balls, I guess you could call them, he has to come down with those. He has to make that, you know, mission, a, a personal mission of his to not let that happen because, man, like, that was a touchdown. That was a touchdown if he just comes down with that ball. And, and he had it. So um, just – just those mistakes have to be cleaned up. Like we see the talent with our uh, receivers, Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, Darnell Mooney, but is there, there's just little things that have to be cleaned up. And the fact that they are little things, you know, it's encouraging because they have, like I said, the hard stuff down for the most part. So I'm happy with it. I think there's room to improve though. Um, and, you know, like I said, I hope Foles is the, is the guide to, to get the best out of them. I will say Allen Robinson should not have allowed that ball to be ripped away from him, but it was also a terrible call from Jerome Boger because look, if you have to, you had to stick with the call on the field and the call on the field was a touchdown. There was not indisputable evidence to overturn that he had the ball and they both had the ball on a 50, 50 ball. um, As he hit the ground in the end zone, in that situation, it goes to the receiver. And if the call on the field was an interception, I would have been fine with them keeping an interception. But the call on the field was a touchdown. You have to keep that call a touchdown. That was a bad call. Although, yeah, yes, Allen Robinson should not have let that ball get ripped away. It was a great play by Denard. But if you make the call on the field that it's a touchdown and you did not have indisputable video evidence to overturn that, there's no reason they should have overturned that. Jerome Boger is bad all day, but that was especially bad because that was a big moment in the game. And that, that could have been, you know, if we went on to lose that game, we'll turn to that play and say, you know, that that call really made a big influence. So I, I don't know if you feel the same about that call, but in my opinion, that, that that's terrible. Today, that Bears game was an absolute disgrace. Uh, Refereeing-wise, um, honestly, one of the worst ref games I've seen in a really long time. Um, and I just, you know, there's no way Boger and his crew should not lose their jobs. Uh, I'm sorry because, you know, it, it's anytime a coach screws up, what happens? He gets fired. Anytime a player messes up, what happens? They get cut. But I'm not going to sit here and, 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 you know, like we can't sit here and let the refs call whatever the hell they want with no type of accountability. Um, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, that first uh, roughing the passer call on Mario Edwards was absolutely horrific. Khalil Mack was, was uh, he was bringing Matt Ryan down. And before Khalil Mack made contact with Matt Ryan, Mario Edwards was already in midair trying to sack uh, Matt Ryan. So when Khalil Mack um, got to Matt Ryan first, Matt Ryan kind of went down and his head lowered. And then, you know, just it was an unfortunate hit that Mario Edwards in contact with him. But 
I mean, what, do, what are you supposed to do if you're Mario Edwards in that situation? Like, I, I really want to know the answer to that question. I really do. Um, it's just, just a pathetic refereeing job. Um, and, you know, the fact that we won doesn't change that. Yeah, man, and that takes away a huge play in the game. Like, that was a strip sack for Khalil Mag. Unbelievable job of him getting off the edge and taking the ball away like he does so well. You would have the ball deep into Atlanta territory. And those kind of self-inflicted wounds are, I mean, really, like you said, just bad calls by uh, Jerome Boger and his crew were throughout the game. I mean, there was another rough in the pass call on Akeem Hicks that was absolutely garbage. Um, and there was just a few others that were just, you know, like you take away the call on Tariq Cohen at the fair catch because you said he got pushed into him. I mean, I actually didn't get a chance to see the replay yeah. on that. But, I mean, the dude is just standing there. And, unfortunately, prayers up to Tariq Cohen, man. He tears ACL. Um, yeah, it's just that's terrible news. Prayers up to our guy Tariq. Hopefully um, he has a speedy recover. I know he'll come back. Um, better than before. It's a resilient man right there in Tariq Cohen. But, like, those types of plays, man, how do you – it's just – it's bad. And like you said, like, there's not a lot of accountability for refs in that in these situations. So, Jerome Boger has always nope, been bad. not at all. No, not at all. And he, he's been terrible, always been terrible. But, I mean, it's going to continue because he's not going to get fired. We know that. So, I'm not trying to prop myself up or anything by saying this, but I swear to God, like, I don't feel like I'm one to complain about refs a lot. And I was mm -hmm. complaining about the refs all game. Like, it was pathetic. I, I really do think so. Like, I don't think, you know, I, I don't think I'm being biased by saying any of this. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, we won the game, so there's nothing really to be salty about. It's just, it's stupid. It, it's pathetic. I mean, the calls they're making, it it just seems like they're winging it, you know? Like, that's honestly how, how I'm seeing it. Like, they're just kind of winging it ah oh, the guy got hit hard screw it flag <laughs> yeah like you know what i mean it's it's stupid man it's stupid yeah it's terrible but let's talk about a few other positive things how about jimmy graham and uh oh our guy adam abdali he's sweating even more now because he said there's no way jimmy graham's gonna get five touchdowns you're kidding me he said he'd be i think he said he'd be, he'd be surprised if he got three well guess what abdallah jimmy graham has three touchdowns and it's week three two touchdowns today unbelievable or I, mean, I wouldn't say unbelievable performance from jimmy graham but you know what 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 are we going to keep coming back to you pay all this money for jimmy graham you ask for results in the red zone you get results in the red zone i mean you're getting every single dime that you yep. paid for him and you couldn't like you know people were so upset about jimmy graham signing they were, they were so upset about it because he's not youthful and he maybe is not going to be the guy to put up all these yards but you, we, we know we were signed so he can catch three-yard passes in the end zone and put points on the board. He's done that. You could not be happier. Shout out Jimmy Graham. He's doing the job. Yeah, I mean, how can you not just be happy with, with you know, the production he's given you so far? We haven't had a tight end like this in forever. I mean, just think about it. He's a mismatch on anybody in the red zone especially. Uh, it's something we've talked about all offseason, and, and that's where we thought his advantage would – come to life and it has you know he's just bigger than everyone else he just you know it, it, he's an easy target in the red zone because of all that yeah and it's just you know we talked about uh in pregame that one of the bears issues this year was there's still 50 percent conversion rate in the red zone for touchdowns and all right man Nagy, we're gonna go talk about the play uh two yard line it's uh you know jimmy graham on a the smaller cornerback that should throw it up to Jimmy Graham touchdown like that's we talked about that before that's as simple as it needs to be down there when you're in that close let's also talk yeah. about um 
you know, I, I just want to talk a little about resilience of this team because everyone out there is going to say throughout the whole week, wow, what a fraudulent 3-0 team. What a bad 3-0 team. Not very good. Worst 3-0 team in NFL history. To me, like, yeah, yeah, the wins aren't very convincing. But there is something to be sped, said about how special this team is when it comes to how resilient they are, when it comes to you know never giving up and fighting. And that's one of the main characteristics you look for in a team because late down in the stretch in January and February, if you're in the playoffs, you know what do good teams – why did the Kansas City Chiefs do last year, the Super Bowl champions? Down in pretty much every game in the – in every game that they played in the playoffs, they were down by at least 10 points, came back and win every one of those games. So although the Bears – haven't had the most convincing wins like you have to feel really good about how resilient they are and what that means for them going forward yeah I mean I was thinking about this earlier if you look at some of the Bears close losses last year well losses I would I think you would agree that a lot of them were close very close right yeah yeah close losses so I just don't get how you can be three and oh watch these guys come back big uh, and late um, to win games, and you're you're complaining about it. How many close games did we lose last year? A lot. So like, I'm not gonna sit here and 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 complain about these these losses, um, and, and or these wins. I'm sorry, and, and act like they're losses. It just doesn't really make sense. We had five losses in one score games last year, I believe. Yep. So yep. Like you look at a difference between 2019 team and the 2020 team, they're winning those close games. They're resilient. They're not giving yep. up. Like last year, we felt that sense of, you know, oh, we're just giving up here in the fourth quarter. It, like, and not even in the fourth quarter, like the whole game, like there wasn't energy. And, you know, they would get down. And we knew last year that when they got down by over two touchdowns, it was game over. You could turn off the television, yeah. you could stop tweeting. It was game over. And all of a sudden, after three weeks this year, it's like, okay, you're down 16 points with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. No, the television's yeah. staying on. Like, that is a great characteristic to have. And, and again, although – and I know you know people are going to say this. You know people are going to say the Bears aren't oh, 100%. A, good, a good team. And, I, I look, I see where they're coming from. You, 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 can't, you can't deny their argument in that sense. But you also have to look at it like, you know, there is something special there. And there is something to be said for those victories. And at the end of the day, they do have victories. So, you know, yep. again, not the most convincing, but you're, you're still happy. You are still happy. Yep. And, and winning ugly, you know, it's going to help this team later on. Mm -hmm. It truly will. Um, learning how to win these tight games, always crucial down the, down the uh, road. Um, so, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, you would have liked to see, you know, more style points, quote unquote. Um, but, you know, you'll take these wins all day. I mean, we're Bears fans. Like, what have we dealt with in the past to, like, be able to say, you know, oh, I want to win by more, which I think we would all love. But you got to take what you get, man. Atlanta had a 99.3% chance of winning with six minutes in the fourth quarter. Similar tell for Atlanta, who had this type of blown lead in the game last week against the Cowboys. And obviously everyone wants to reference the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Um, and, you know, I think all of us in the back of our mind, we were like, although we were down 16, I think particularly against the opponent we were going up against, we, we, we all knew in the back of our heads that a comeback could be imminent against that team. So, you know, Atlanta's – it's unfortunately, Atlanta's become notorious for that. And I think that could be the end of Dan Quinn's era over there. But, 
Uh, a few other things here before we wrap up that I want to talk about. How about your guy, Tashawn Gibson, finally bursting out of the scene here with a game-sealing interception. Actually played well yep. um, throughout the day, I thought. And then he makes that impressive play. And and so leading into that, really the whole defense, although they let up 26 points, just kind of your thoughts on Gibson and the play of the defense today. Yeah, I think they were okay given the circumstances. Um, you know, I'm just going to keep saying it every week, and I don't care. Um, every time people want to, you know, clown the defense, you got to realize that, that, you know, the offense has put these guys in, like, has had these guys with their backs against the wall, like, so, so many times. And, you know, it's hard to play defense like that. It really is. Um, you know, these guys damn near couldn't even get a break in that first half. Um, they were on the field the whole time. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's, it's frustrating. But, you know, w- with everything considered, I think the defense played well. Um, but I will say one thing. I think this defense just genuinely does not look the same without Eddie Goldman. Um, he is such an important piece of this defense, and I think people are finally going to start realizing that. Yeah, and that's why their uh, Cordero Patterson is on Twitter saying, you know, Damon Snacks Harrison, make your way to Chicago. They actually did meet with him, and I think getting another guy up front could be huge. And although that guy may not be Eddie Goldman, uh, I still think Snacks Harrison is a good player if that were bound to happen. They also signed Emma Kohler's guy, from uh, from the Steelers, who is just an absolute giant. So there may be some solutions there potentially. Now, look, the defense, you know, only 220, 227 passing yards allowed. Matt Ryan was 19 for 38. Uh, they had two sacks on the day. Matt Ryan's quarterback rating was 67.7. Not great in the running game. They allowed 144-yard rushing. But I think, again, this is one of those games where people are going to think that the defense maybe played a lot worse than they really did. And, you know, you, you have to give credit to them because they, again, the only reason the Bears had a chance to come back is because drive after drive after drive, they were down there stopping the Atlanta Falcons, three and out, three and out, three and out, allowing them to get the, the offense the ball back and allow for this comeback. So, like, it's crazy because the reason why this is so interesting is last year and really the year before, the Bears were a terrible fourth quarter team. They weren't good in the fourth quarter. They would always look defeated and gassed. And now all of a sudden, the fourth quarter, best defense in football, like by far. And it's, it's, it's usually teams aren't like that. Most teams, again, they get gassed in the fourth quarter and you don't blame them for that. But I mean, it goes along with the word resilience. Unbelievable job for the defense to stay good in the fourth quarter and give your team a chance to win the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the defense has so many good players. I'm just never worried. Like even when they're not playing well, like I know, like if you looked down my Twitter, you'll, you'll rarely see any tweets about me complaining about the defense. Cause I just don't think it's necessary. Um, anytime the defense is not playing well, if you look at the context, it's usually because the offense isn't playing well. And I think that's a correlation that like a, people need to start realizing is a thing. Um, you get what I'm trying to say. Like it, mm-hmm. it, if you really look at the context when the defense is not playing, uh, well, always look at the offense and let me know if they're playing well. If your answer is no every single time, then I don't think you can blame the defense. Cause I, you know, that, that's a part of football that people have to understand. Like fatigue is a thing. These guys, like this sport is not easy, man. Um, so all things considered, I'm happy with the defense, uh, go sign snacks, Harrison and, and, uh, you know, we can work from there. Chris, do you know who looked better today? Chris, who looked better Danny today? T? Yes, sir. Danny yep. T. Yep. Looks, I, uh, know, looked better, yeah. He, I'd say he looked better. Um, 
I'm going to give him till about week five to see if he's up to speed. Um, because like, I'm going to be honest, man. He just doesn't look the same to me. Yeah. Um, he just, he, he just looks behind right now. And it's a little bit scary because, you know, every time our defense has been top of the league, we've had great linebacker, linebacker plays. So, um, we're not getting that this year is going to be harder to be that elite defense. Um, but you know, it, it's encouraging. I, I think I definitely agree. I did notice that he looked a little bit better as well. Yeah, I mean, he was making tackles. There were some moments where I where he was lighting guys up, and I was like, well, you know, I feel like Danny Terry of two years ago really would have put this guy out of the game, really would have let him up. Um, so you still kind of see that difference in his play, but I think it was encouraging to see that he was actually out there making plays, you know, flying to the ball at times, um, that showing that lateral speed that you you want from a linebacker like him. Roquan Smith also looked good. Um, Jalen Johnson, I would say, pretty much did his job. You know, really, other than the Calvin Ridley 63-yard play, they did a pretty good job against him. Ridley had 110 yards. So if you take away that 63-yard play, that's only 57 yards for him. Um, so 47 yards. Did my math wrong there for a second? 47 yards for him. So aside from that, like, they, they – and I know Julio Jones wasn't out there, but, you know, you control what you control. You do your job against who's out there. And I thought they did that for the most part. So – Credit to them. Um, other than that big play, I thought the secondary looked great. Jalen Johnson continues to play really, really well. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I really think we struck gold with Jalen Johnson. Um, he, he, he's never phased, man. He's never phased. Like, he can give up a 60-yard touchdown, and I'd expect him to, you know, come back out there with some fire the next, the next drive. So, um, you know, hats off to the defense, man. Uh, Khalil Mag being held on every play, still persevering. Um, Akeem Higgs getting a roughing the passer call for literally tackling the quarterback, which is kind of the point of football. But, you know, alas. Uh, you know, nothing more to say about the defense. I think they're just – they're always going to be a good unit. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to, to even better things from this defense. Yep, we love our boys on defense, continue to play well. One more thing before we head out of here that I want to say. I have a lot of people also who are hating on Mitch Trubisky, you know, all this hate towards him. You cannot hate on Mitch Trubisky in this moment. You simply cannot. This guy gave his heart into this city. He put his heart into this team. He gave it his all. Unfortunately, things didn't really work out the way we thought they would, but you cannot hate on him because he put in the work. He came in each and every day and put his all into this team and did whatever he thought was needed to succeed. And sometimes it didn't necessarily reflect on the field. But if I see you hating on Mitch Trubisky, you're just a clown because you can't, you simply cannot hate on him. And that that's my opinion. That's, I just want to throw that out there because I've seen a lot of people, you know, give him a lot of shit this uh, after this game and, and say, oh, you know, screw you, Mitch, you were never a guy, you know, you're not a real Chicago quarterback and all that. And it's, it's like, man, I don't know how you can say that after everything he, he, he's still given to this franchise, working his ass off, still brought you two wins this year. That argument doesn't make sense to me, but I just want to throw that out there before we head out. No, it's funny you bring that up because I was about to tweet that literally as soon as we got finished up here. Um, you know, I just don't see why. It's it's basically become Mitch versus Nick. Um, and, you know, people are – like, we can celebrate this win without trashing Mitch Trubisky. Like, there's no reason to do it. I, he hasn't said anything wrong. He hasn't – you know, he yeah, we would have liked him to play better, but he hasn't done anything wrong. The guy busted his ass for the city. 
Um, you know, and it, it's painful, you know, they, they cut, um, the camera cut to him, um, you know, after he got benched and you could see the, the look on his face and, you know, you just, it sucks, man. It sucks. You don't want to see that. You really don't want to see that. But, you know, one thing I will say about Mitch, I guarantee you, if Foles is a starter for the rest of the season, I guarantee you Mitch is going to be doing everything he can to still help this team. I, I promise you that. And that's what they both said in the press conference. I mean, Nick Foles kept stressing that, you know, th- th- he's a team guy first, as every player should be. But it's hard in that situation to be a team guy. But just as Nick Foles was there for Mitch, Mitch is going to have to be there for Foles. And what Mitch said in his press conference was, you know, although um, they made that decision, you know, he, he admitted, you know, if it was best for the team, so be it. So, you know, it's those kinds of things and those kinds of statements that just – or like, how can you hate on a guy who is openly saying things like that? And really, you know, the fact that he even went up there in a post-game press conference after that decision, I mean, he didn't have to go up there. He could have said, you know what, this was a really tough day for me. I don't want to go up there and talk to the media. And he had the courage to go up there and speak his mind and said all the right things. So I can't give Mitch enough credit in that uh, capacity. I, if he comes back and eventually is a starter late in the year, so be it. But for now, it's Foles. And as Bears fans, we're going to ride with it. So it's exciting, man. Bears are 3-0, and and maybe there's promise with Foles. And, you know, maybe this is going to be a different team going forward. Maybe not. We don't know. But what we do know is that they're one of the only undefeated teams in the NFL. The Vikings are 0-3. The Packers tonight play the Saints. The Lions are currently playing the Cardinals. There's a few other good teams who aren't as who are anywhere near the Bears uh, are at record-wise. So, at the end of the day, it might be the episode of our podcast again, but 3-0 is 3-0, and that's all there is to say. Yep, yep. I mean, couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, 3-0 is 3-0. We're undefeated. Uh, and, I mean, how can you not be happy with that, man? Like, we got to just take this momentum into Indy. Yep. Next week at Indianapolis, we'll have a preview episode out for you guys on Wednesday or Thursday. Also, do not forget to buy your Manscaped products. If you use code SHY, that's C-H-I, code SHY, you will get 20% off and free shipping off of all Manscaped products as a part of a sponsorship with Bears Nation Podcast. So be on the lookout for that and maybe cop some merch. We have some new Defense Wins Championships and a few other cool items for you guys out on our website. So be on the lookout for that. Appreciate you guys tuning in. The Bears are 3-0, and you see you next time. Bear down. Yeah.